Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I am your host, Ryan Hartley. This podcast is for heart-centered leaders just like you. I hope our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. These interview sessions are sponsored by our great friends at Elevate Online Marketing. On episode 161, I'm joined by Matthew Conger. Matthew is a FIFA referee. He has taken charge at games at the 2016 and 2020 Olympics, the 2018 World Cup, and is currently preparing to take charge of games in the 2022 FIFA World Cup. We have an amazing conversation about what it means to make decisions under extreme pressure, to work and operate as part of a team, as, an, as a referee to tap into a greater purpose to enable the great games. It's a great conversation. I really hope that you enjoy hearing the theme of leadership come through strongly. Matthew is very passionate about leadership and is doing what he can to raise the platform of, of being a referee from the grassroots level and developing leadership capability along the way. It's a great conversation. It's episode 161 with FIFA referee Matthew Conger. Matthew, welcome to Always Best Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you very much, Ryan. Great to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Recently, Lionel Messi was voted Player of the Year again. You've uh, you've been on the same pitch as him. Is he that good at close and personal? Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, whether it's uh, it's fine margins, isn't it, that, that separate um, the greatest? Um, and and certainly, he is he's absolutely right up there. I mean the his vision for the game, his pace, his his absolute passion that he plays as well is is um, it's palpable, really. So uh, certainly a well deserved honor. I love that. I um, in doing my research saw that photo of you lining up before uh, taking charge of Argentina, Brazil, Brazil captain Thiago Silva. He's doing amazing. I'm a big Chelsea fan. He's doing amazing mm. for us at the moment. What was that like to referee Brazil versus Argentina? I don't think games get any bigger than that, do they? No, it's um, yeah, very special, very special moment. Um, and we had the interesting thing was we had very little lead-in time um, to, in terms of appointments and uh, awareness of it. I think we had it was about a week, um, and and had to gather the team, say right, you know, from New Zealand over to Riyadh and you know into really probably the biggest um, the biggest names we'd refereed before. Um, there are not many from New Zealand that have uh, been able to referee that, <laughs> to that level. So, um, yeah, it felt, felt pretty special. How do you prepare for something like that? Really uh, very much around uh, staying in the moment, uh, mm. realizing that it's, it's team A versus team B, and that once the whistle blows once i once i blow that whistle then it's it's about each moment it's about the the decisions it's not about the personalities it's mm -hmm. um, um but also being aware of the spectacle and and managing that and leading that in a in a really um positive way so i'm i'm a real believer in refereeing as enabling the game mm. uh, it is called the beautiful game and, and i think it is beautiful and when referees join in that um that game in the beautifulness of it they can really enhance it and, and allow you know football to really flow and create a story and um so you know 
trying to be part of that is is um yeah always always the aim when i step onto the pitch those are two huge footballing nations i mm. assume their media was mm. surprised to hear of this kiwi taking control <laughs> of uh, you know how do you who like, is this guy yeah <laughs> from from where do they, they play rugby they don't play football <laughs> what was yeah. that like did you do you do you kind of read that stuff do you shut no. off from it like no, I, I stay um, I stay fairly switched off from from the media side of things because you know they love you one moment they hate you the next um, and you're only ever as good as your last decision with with the media. So, but it, um, a couple of people, especially afterwards, had said who had been following it at all. There was definitely a lot of skepticism going into the match. Um, again, who is this guy? Where does it come from? How could he do you know this this level of match and um, but from what I am told, post match they were um, they all thought I did a pretty good job. So <laughs> that's well, okay, I'll take that. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. And um, you know, I think if people start to go search you out, they'll find quite quickly that you're not on social media. And I think you only have to look as far as the recent Formula One ending. And you know, Nicholas Latifi came out yesterday talking about the amount of. Uh, scrutiny and mm-hmm. just comments that he got on his social media because of the crash that kind of led to the safety car. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like no one's safe. If you're no. out in this public domain and that's crazy, that's such a burden to carry. Mm. It's a really tricky space because in, in one sense, again, part of, part of what I'm hoping to do through my career is, is um, raise the, I suppose, profile of refereeing, seeing it as a, as a real pathway for, um, from from grassroots through to the elite level, and um, because as a kid, you know, an eight year old kid sitting out on my, so I'm back in my parents' house in in Georgia and sitting back on the back porch. You know, I remember saying that's I wanted to be part of the game. I wanted to I wanted to represent my country uh, at the World Cup. I wanted to play professionally, and um, I couldn't quite do that as a player. But mm-hmm. um, to be able to do that as a as a referee is is Again, it's you know it's living living something that I've always dreamed of doing. So um, it's a getting back to the social media. It's a it's a tricky balance of wanting enough exposure to say, hey, this is kind of who we are, because not many people really know the lives of referee. In fact, most of us, I think, they just it's sort of like teachers, right? They just think. Mm. The, you know, students think, oh, you just live at the classroom and then <laughs> you don't have a life. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so some, sometimes I think with refereeing as well, like we just live in our mm. uniform with our whistle just waiting to give somebody a, you know, a red card, <laughs> uh, which is not the case. So. Oh, you're shattering illusions for me here. Oh, That's sorry. <laughs> hey, my friends, thank you for watching so far. If you're enjoying what you're watching, please do subscribe to our channel and considering sharing this with someone that you love. I also wanted to let you know we've got some incredible merchandise available. We've got tees, we've got hoodies, we've got trucker caps, and our beanies are really popular at the moment. For a great way to show that you're part of this community and that we are always better than yesterday, head to our website. You can check it out in the show notes. And let's get back to the interview. But for context, you're in you're back in the States for a reason and there's a huge sacrifice that you're making family back in, in New Zealand. Why mm. are you in on in a, in the United States at the moment? What's that all kind of leading to? So um I've made the decision uh, to base myself back here in the US um for the 
for the time being because um, the border uh, restrictions in New Zealand are are such that it makes coming in and out very difficult. And uh, so I've just finished refereeing at the um, FIFA Arab Cup in Doha, which was which was an amazing um, event, an amazing experience. And so in order to put myself in the best position to uh, referee as well as I can next year in the World Cup as part of the, the World Cup program, um, I need to, to have better access to, to matches, better access to travel. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I've, I've basing myself back here. And the sacrifice really is, I mean, it's, it's my wife, it's my kids that are, mm. that are doing really doing the hard yards in terms of, um, you know, they're, I just got off the phone with you yesterday and, and uh, packing up for summer holidays work that I would, you know, stuff that I would normally do. So, you know, it's, they're having to pick up the slack in that regard. So really it's, you know, they're the ones that, that are making the, the big sacrifices there. Yeah, for the love of the game. And these things only mm. come around, you know, once every four years. And, mm. you know, I look back and you, you've you've had some significant um, events under your belt, you know, 2016 Olympics, 2018 FIFA World Cup, 2020. Do we call it 2020 Olympics? Do we call it 2021? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's still Tokyo 2021. You sort of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just a slight delay. And, uh, and to add the 2022 World Cup, it's, uh, it's an impressive, mm. you know, what does, um, what does that kind of do to you as a, as a human being to, to represent on, on those stages? Well, it's, um, it, for me, it's represented a, a huge journey of, of learning, uh, of, of really um, pushing the boundaries of, of, um, how I lead, how mm. I, um, because I, I really want to, to lead and referee again in, in a way that is impactful. Um, mm. So with my refereeing team, uh, we, we have, so we, I've got two assistant referees that we, that we work with. Um, and sometimes that changes just slightly. So like the, the assistant referee I, we worked with in, in Doha just for the, this past tournament um, was a, we'd worked before, together before but um he was in that sense like a our my third team member so um the work of of um developing the teamwork the operating under pressure all those sort of things it's been a real journey uh, uh um to learn those and, and implement those skills uh i suppose some people define them as the soft skills of refereeing, but actually they're the ones I've my, in my experience make the biggest difference mm. when it comes to those, especially those big pressure moments, the big decisions, the, yeah. um, the consistency of performance and that sort of thing. And especially the teamwork. Yeah. I, I, I want to touch on the teamworks in a bit, because that's probably something that many people when they watch sport probably are visually aware of, but don't really think about what it means to be part of a team to, to officiate a game. But I want to talk about those pressured moments, those pressured decisions. And, you know, these things happen so fast. Mm. You know, we mm. have the benefit of replays on the television. Mm. We have the benefits of all angles, all speeds. But you're making courageous decisions based on what I assume can only be your instinct. Like, how do you... Do you do you have doubts in the moment? Like, how do you deal with that? Let alone the opinions of the 50,000 people that are giving their own opinions. But how do you how do you deal with those split decisions and, and moments of doubt if they creep in? Mm. There are certainly moments where you know 
I've, I've questioned, did I, did I see yeah. that the way yeah. I actually thought I did? Um, and uh, sometimes I think the doubt is a good thing because I think, again, when, when we see people either on the football field or even in, in life and in business and mm. that make those right, this is the right decision and, you know, charge headlong into it. That's tends to be when we get into a little bit of trouble. Sure. So um, uh, the, the biggest thing is not, is, is learning to have that really healthy mix of uh, intuition or instinct, you know, yep. Some, you get a split second to see it, but it's also those, um, moments uh, of, of training and development and, you know, running the same patterns and looking, you know, learning to, to see better, learning to, you know, really attune to what's going on, not be distracted uh, to focus that attention so that we can see. And it's amazing actually with the right angle, how much we can see and the difference mm -hmm. of a uh, you know, what can look like a small touch actually can have a big, big impact. But then there's, you know, some things like there was a decision in, um, in, uh, in Dot where literally it's nearly impossible to see from, from an angle that's on the field of play outside mm -hmm. the field of play. It's clear. Um, but uh, so we have, we have to work really hard to do, mm -hmm. put ourselves in the best position, but then now, uh, and especially at the top level, we have, um, technology that helps us mm. through the through the video assistant referee um, protocols and whatnot that we use. So mm. it's it's a yeah certainly a juggling. Uh, it's a balancing act, not a juggling act, but a, a balancing act. Yeah, one of the things I read in uh, Alan Wynn Jones's autobiography. So Alan Wynn Jones, the mm -hmm. the Welsh rugby mm -hmm. captain, he he wrote in his book about leadership. He said something along the lines of, "You have to trust those around you who can sometimes see what you can't see." Mm. And I thought that was really poignant. And you've talked, you said the words, and again about sometimes you can't see. And is that where kind of your team come in and and the trust for your team around you? What does it mean to be a team on a on a football pitch when when you're officiating the game rather than playing against another team in a lot of ways it is similar to 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 playing you have to know that that your teammate is going to be where they need to be um in order to either so you know for for a player it's being able to receive the ball when they need to receive it for a referee it's you know that they've got your back and that they can see in an angle that that um you know i might not be able to see and then that they can also communicate that in a way that is really clear yeah. so that it's not, we talk a lot about, um, especially within my team around, uh, I sort of use it like affirmative communication. So it's, mm -hmm. I don't want to hear, you know, no, because I've found that, you know, that sort of sends a negative pathway through the, yeah. through my brain that, you know, actually <laughs> shuts down clear communication and, and whatnot, but actually um, it's more like the enabling for uh, communication that says, yep, this is a foul. It's a handball. It's penalty. Um, something to give a little bit of, mm. uh, sometimes even just a nudge. Oh yes, I did see that. Um, and then when it comes to the technology side of things, it's about having, so we talk about opening our minds. So I want the person who's um, the, the, so the VAR to see mm -hmm. what I'm thinking. So mm. I, I tell them as soon as this is what I'm seeing. So for me, it's a reckless tackle studs clearly to the foot. You know, this is, this is a yellow card. And then they're looking to see if this matches up mm. on the screen. So 
it's learning that level of communication that opens my mind to them. And then uh, in the same way, if for some reason, uh, what I'm seeing doesn't match the evidence on the screen, Mm. then it's how they communicate that back to say, okay, I know you've seen this. Um, Mm. And it's having to do that uh, not judgmentally. So I can't judge myself in that moment, um, nor do I want them sort of judging me going, oh, come on, this was, um, (laughs) so it's, it's having that open, that really open mind and open communication to get to the best outcome. Mm. And there are micro moments of this in businesses up and down the country, all around the world, Mm. every single day that that Mm. could follow some of these simple principles, Mm. uh, might be simple principles, but I imagine they take a lot of practice to, uh, to, to, to get right. Mm. Absolutely. We, um, I mean, within my own team, we, I've, I've really uh, focused a lot on the, and and been impacted by the role of emotion and decision-making. So um, this, you know, theory that we are somehow, you know, cognitive critical thinking beings that sometimes feel emotion. (laughs) Well, actually that's the other way around that actually we're emotive creatures that sometimes have um, critical thought. Um, So a lot of our, our, our decisions and certainly when it comes to performance, I've, I've found that um, being really clear on where we sit emotionally, yeah. um, either in the moment or in the, the, the moments, let's say, because within a FIFA, within a tournament, mm. we've, that's a long period of intense, um, intense time. We, we are very much under scrutiny and, and, mm it's the whole environment is saturated in performance. So maintaining that and, and um, uh, that, that balance and, and the connection with the, with the team, how's everybody doing that, those check-ins um, I found has been really, really critical. Mm. Yeah. I know that you're a user of the emotional culture deck for his yes. elephant and rider. And um, yeah, talk to us about that. I know that leadership is is important to you. I know that you mm-hmm. you uh, doing some great work in the leadership world. How is that informing your approach? So, with the um, emotional culture deck, I found it to be such an easy lead, um, hands on mm. um, game tool game. Um, Jeremy uh, Dean, the the founder refers to it as a game, which is, uh, which is great, but, um, you know, it, it's, um, it, it, often we don't have a tremendous amount of vocabulary around mm-hmm. emotion, right? Mm-hmm. That's, um, often it's, you know, happy, sad, angry. And if there's teenagers around, it's hungry as well. <laughs> so, um, the great thing about the culture deck is that it is, it gives a wider, um, vocabulary that we can use when, when it actually comes to how we're feeling. And, um, and once we have those, the power of those conversations is, is huge. So uh, just recently we had, um, again, the, the, the assistant referee that, that um, came in to, to work with um, me for this, this tournament, um, uh, he had uh, some challenges through through COVID trying to get to Doha, which was which was you know really challenging. And um, so the first two three days within the tournament, we um, I just sort of left it. Um, we just worked on our on field 
connection. I didn't want to push it too much with him. I knew he, you know, every, he was tired. And so we then spent, um, we then had one, one little session where introduced the cards and, and, um, and he'd never um, used them before. And so we worked through, it was maybe half an hour, 45 minutes. And the difference from the when we went into that conversation and when he left out, he looked 10 kilos lighter mm. for one thing. And he just, it was like he was able to fully open up his performance. He just grew in confidence in terms of his performance throughout the um throughout the time. Yeah. And then the level of you know connection that he's willing to sh- to to share and talk through what he was, mm. you know, going through on a personal level um was. Uh, you know, just night and day. And that's the, those are the things, those are the moments mm-hmm. that, that actually carry with you throughout life. You know, it's mm-hmm. those, it's the relationships actually that matter um, beyond the sport that, 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 that carry with me. So love that you inspired me to go and get my own emotional culture. Mm-hmm. So I, I have them here in my hands. There are, Fantastic. Uh, there are a number of prompts and, and I haven't been able to use these in a, in a, a facilitation setting yet, just for reasons of, lockdowns but i i um, have been able to use them remotely with a couple of leaders and mm-hmm. i love i love the prompts is there a particular because i saw this picture with you you had your referee kit your flags uh your whistle and, and, and then you had three words yes um which i assume represent how you wanted to feel through mm-hmm. that experience do you have a do you have a prompt or a little process that you go through um that uh, that helps you set those intentions uh, there, so within the deck itself, it has um, a couple of key prompts, which are how do I want to um, feel uh, on the pleasant side of things? So again, so it's on that premise that we need to view emotion not as positive or negative, yeah. but that as pleasant or unpleasant. Sure. Um, and which really can help us frame the situations that we find ourselves in as well. All of a sudden we can shift that. It's a small shift, but viewing a, pl- a situation as unpleasant versus mm. negative can, can actually make a big difference to how we navigate through it. So, mm. um, so the, the, the prompt around uh, that, that leads to the three cards is um, what I need to feel to be successful. Mm. So within the team, we, we go through um, and, and pick out anything that spring that jumps to mind in terms of what we need to feel that's important mm. to us. Mm-hmm. And then we, um, it, it's really a simple process and we, we just look around, okay, what uh, really it's about observing then what, what, where are the similarities do we, you know, it opens up that little bit of conversation and then we get down to the nitty gritty and say, okay, if we take our list of what we need to feel, what is it that really, if we're being, you know, honing in on the performance side of things, what do we need to feel to be successful in this mm. moment in this match and, or even in just the day-to-day training and whatnot that we do, because we use it throughout that as well. Yeah. Um, and so um, we, it, it's amazing how we've come to very similar ones. And then where there are, if there's a little, we, you know, some that are maybe not quite the same word, um, we will then just have a conversation about, you know, which one fits best and mm. where that works. And then it's a little, sometimes it can be a little bit of trial and error and mm. yep, that works. And, or we come back and we refine that again, mm. um, the next, the next time. And, um, so we've those, those three words that you saw, I think in, in one of the photos, um, joy connected and 
and confident. Mm-hmm. Those three words were, were really key for us throughout this, um, this past month. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we, we use them even within during the match at times. We'll, we, you know, if there's a, a moment where we need to remember to stay connected um, uh, for me, you know, I really think about finding the joy in the small moments yeah. um, and, and there's real power in that. Yeah. So um, yeah, we, we certainly use them. And then, Again, with uh, depending on the situation, having that confidence to make those decisions that are, you know, I, uh, you define them as courageous decisions, and and it mm-hmm. certainly takes courage at sometimes to 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 blow the whistle or raise the flag or or step into a situation to say, hey, you know, players, coaches, whatever, this behavior is not acceptable. We need to let's move in a different way. So, yeah, but at the same time, we also look. I'll jump in to say we also look at what's unpleasant because we yeah. know that there's there's a measure of what we do that will always feel unpleasant. Um, mm. And uh, for the purpose of that, we didn't, we didn't highlight that too much, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we certainly have a, a list of those three in the same process. We mm. find those three. And again, we're able to talk through that and it's recognizing. So like one thing is the refereeing world can be a lonely space. Um, and but in recognizing that, we're able to see that as a strength. Um, Brene Brown talks about uh, the wilderness as being a real place of strength, and and um, and in order to go into that mm. wilderness, it's it's often alone. So um, yeah, we've we we can again find it. Yep, unpleasant, but it's not a it's not yeah. a negative space. It's not a um, it's a place that we can draw strength from. Yeah, and that's next level, I think, in terms of that kind of mental, spiritual kind of development mm. is to is to actively choose the discomfort because mm. you know in some way that that unpleasant feeling is going to lead to good things. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, I, I'm curious, is this something that um, there, there's space for in terms of like FIFA trained referees, FIFA accredited referees could, or is this something that, they provide and encourage you to do is is this unique to is this what you're bringing to to refereeing or do you think that uh maybe the governing body could help help referees in in ways well currently um i don't know of anyone else that's using these these types of of tools yeah. i also use and i know you also facilitate the um life language communication yeah. tool um, which i use as much as um at the moment a way of informing how I'm communicating with my sure. team and, and understanding mm. them. But we are um, starting to bring that into the team environment as well. Mm. Which language um, do you lead without curiosity? Uh, influencer, influencer, responder, contemplator. So um, those are my, those are my mm. top three. We're very similar. Not mm. very similar. Mm. I, uh, I lead with responder, influencer, and then mover and contemplate and not too okay. far behind. So we share three yeah. of the top four. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that's also been really helpful in terms of, of being able to hear, especially for me, being able to hear how my team is communicating and mm. then having much more understanding on how I can communicate back to them mm. because I'm, I, I, you know, as, as a leader within the team, well, as, as we have a pretty, we, I try and work on a fairly, a fairly flat leadership model. Mm -hmm. I want to bring up the, I I want to enable my guys to be as um, uh, enabled to, to, to be as excellent as they can be. So that's, you know, allowing them to step in and lead when they need to. Yeah. 
but I, but in the overall sort of sense of the thing, um, you know, I'm asking them to, to do things, to take, to take some, uh, some, I suppose, risks uh, to, you know, we're responsible. We've, we've got values around, you know, managing uh, injuries, managing our training, our fitness, all mm-hmm. those sort of things. So I'm, I'm asking them to do, to really push those things and be accountable for them. So having, that understanding of how to communicate that best mm. and draw that out of them is really, is really powerful. Mm. But to get back to the question about um, uh, at, at the moment, um, this isn't part of the training program within yeah. refereeing the refereeing space full stop. Mm. Um, it is uh, very much part of what I would like my legacy within refereeing to be. So, yep. so I've just completed my um, master's of sport management and had the privilege of being able to focus on holistic, what I call holistic referee development. So it's looking at how could we implement a program, these, these types of um, this type of training that yep. is ongoing, that can, we can scale from grassroots through the elite level so that um, people really see refereeing is not only about either giving back to the game or being part of the game, but actually as a way to, to develop personally and, and even vocationally, um, they're gaining skills that naturally are part of refereeing anyway, but, um, that maybe aren't as, um, uh, overtly recognized, Mm. you know, so it's trying to create that, Hey, this is, this is what we can learn. This is how we utilize that. So, um, Watch the space where I'm, I've, I'm doing a bit of work in, in that area. And, and um, I was able to introduce the, the ECD and um, uh, life languages to one of the European assistant referees who is quite, mm. quite keen on it. So that was, that was quite great and quite, mm. uh, quite cool. So we'll see where it goes. I love that. And it is funny, isn't it? It's about seeing the career path and opportunities and maybe there's not so much glamour in it. And, mm. and sometimes it takes a real life example within your network to go, wow, they're doing that. Mm. Um, from my hometown here, Trowbridge in Wiltshire in England, um, there's a um, a linesman who is officiating every week in the Premier League. I think he's done Champions League. His name's Adam mm-hmm. Nunn, and um, mm-hmm. you know we we were similar years at school. And you kind of look, and then you you just sometimes you you just watch the telly, you're like oh there he is, <laughs> and he's just <laughs> officiating Man City versus Man yeah. United or whatever, and you just think. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, there's Ronaldo shouting at him. You just that's think, right. That's right. <laughs> you just think, wow, that's uh, such a surreal thing. And you know, I, I didn't spend too long in in football beyond youth, but um, mm. yeah, I can't imagine everyone grows up wanting to be a referee. And, and I think the way that you've just described it around for the love of the game, the enablement of the game, and and the personal development opportunities you get, it's it's uh, it's fantastic. And um, mm. What a legacy that is! So is that um, is is that what you're hoping to transition to once your time in the middle? How long? How long do you give it for your time in the middle? Uh, we'll see. I have. <laughs> we'll see. I have <laughs> that was unfair of me to ask. <laughs> I, have a, I have a very, um, you know, uh, a very real goal in front in terms of refereeing my, you know, my second World Cup. Uh, yep. this time well we'll be finished this time next year I can't believe it uh, with the World Cup that is yep. um, so um, and you know increasingly again I think there is a greater uh, uh, opportunity 
let's say even appetite for referees to be able to move around again. So, so that again, it's a little bit, uh, it is very sort of out of the norm for a referee t- from one confederation to move to another confederation um, or to, to not move, move, but to yep. referee and, you know, across them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the privilege of being able to do that pre COVID. I was refereeing, you know, on the Chinese super league and, mm-hmm. and the Saudi pro league and um, as well as FIFA competitions and whatnot. And um, was, yeah, able to kind of, well, graph, create a, a, a full-time refereeing career in that space um, mm. from New Zealand, which, which had not been done before, which was, which was pretty cool. So um, this is, a, I have a, a little bit, I guess, of the advantage of, I started refereeing here in the States. Um, so being able to, to draw back on, on those um, mm. sort of connections and those roots um, but, but in a way that's, yeah, very respectful also of the pathway that, that is, you know, developed through, through referring here, um, and enabling and supporting that, you know, from my, from my experience and whatnot. Mm. So, um, we'll see. It, it's, it's definitely adaptability is, is mm. kind of the, a key word at the moment for me. So. Yeah. One final question, conscious of your time and, um, you, the very first thing you you talked about in your preparation was about presence of mind, and you've used the word holistic. Mm. Give us some insights and some of the things that maybe would help you um, with that presence of mind. Again, the, the awareness of the for me the, that role of emotion. Um, mm. For me, the, there is very much a spiritual element in it. Um, I feel it most myself when I'm uh, on the pitch refereeing or involved in the game. Um, uh, and one area I'm, I'm, I'm exploring more at the moment, um, is, is the idea around mindfulness and, and the, the role that that plays in attention, um, mm-hmm. especially through the work of, um, Dr. Mishi Jha through, through peak mind and absolutely fantastic book. Um, and again, it's in a, a way that excess accessibly enables people to, to develop that practice yeah. and that habit, um, yeah but really focusing around that idea of attention because at the end of the day and, and different people, uh, a couple of your guests, I think have noted it. Um, um, Dr. Pippa Grange, who worked with the, um, the, the English football team mm-hmm. um, in the build up to 2018 talks about, you know, so much of sport is around, you know, you can feel like we're on this, and, and I've felt it sometimes on this train, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we, we, we're, we have, you know, a, a drive to achieve and we have a drive to reach these goals. And sometimes it feels like, goodness, if only I could just get off for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning to stay present in the moment and learning to, again, find those moments of, of joy mm-hmm. in that um, uh, is, is very much a, 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 an ongoing <laughs> journey and, and, a, and a learning for me. So, those are those are those are really important, and because especially within the within refereeing, it you can be, um, I suppose, harshly judged on one decision, mm-hmm. um, and so it's a we have to create that um, mindset, or and I really yeah. like the way you term it, heart set, um, mm-hmm. to say you know this is not that one decision doesn't define me, it's not who I am, um, but actually it's a part of what I'm learning to do. And, you know, if we can, if we can 
um, somehow raise that awareness, raise that communication, um, raise that um, idea that we are very much a part of the game, then I think for me, the, the issues around respect and, and abuse and um, taking much more of an integrated approach with players and coaches, I think, I think we can bridge some of those gaps um, and, and not just impact the, the elite level, but, but really it's about impacting the, those grassroots level where, you know, the, the, the folks that come out on a Saturday, Sunday, you know, mm. uh, to either pick up the whistle or play the game yeah. that, you know, it feels much more like a, Hey, this is, mm. this is a healthy space to be in. And it's a, it's a challenging space and, and yep, we grow when we learn from it, but um, you mm. know, it's one that, that is uh, enjoyable if not sometimes uncomfortable to be in. <laughs> yeah. I, I I love the the way that you just described that and you know your your partners in making the the game happen and too often we see as adversaries particularly the referee wearing black and mm. um <clears throat> I don't know who said this but it's a it's a um baseball phrase and uh, I think it's an old baseball legend who who described, you know, they don't see their the pitcher as the opponent. They see the pitcher as the partner and the person that's going to help them get the home mm, run. Yeah. That's just such a flip of uh, such yeah. a flip of perspective that says actually for a, for me to win, we need to work together and collaborate. And yeah, I like the way that you you phrase that because yeah, because <laughs> otherwise it's it's too much of a this, us and them and mm. Mm. Yeah, and certainly be. there. I mean, there are definitely times and moments where it has to be hey this is yeah. the line and you know, we're not going any further than this. Um, uh, but we can always be done in a way that is enables the other person to maintain their dignity as well, giving them a chance to, I mean, sometimes again, in the heat of competition in the heat of, you know, really high, sometimes untethered emotion, um, yeah. you know, people make, choices say things that that i'm nine times out of ten i think they regret and and my experience has been often they'll come back and um say oh, you know we overstepped the mark here once the contemplators kicked in hey <laughs> <laughs> right. what does the right. phrase always better than yesterday mean to you that's a great question um i think it's about growth it's about um finding joy in every small moment Mm. yeah love that where can people connect with you how can they find out about more of the great work that you're doing in the world well i i'm not extensively on um on social media but i i am on linkedin and um i'm on instagram through you can find me on mref conger um it's not extensive but uh, i didn't but, know that yeah, feel i should go <laughs> i'll be going there straight away to, to connect <laughs> amazing thank you so much for your time my friend really enjoyed our conversation i'd be honored if you'd leave us with a final thought well i'm just i just feel i feel grateful to be able to be part of uh part of the beautiful game i i feel grateful to be able to you know not everyone gets to live their childhood dream or uh i guess has the courage maybe to step into that sometimes so uh, i feel incredibly grateful for that and so thank you very much for your time and, and interest Thank you, my friend. Hey, my friends, thank you for making it to the end. I hope that our time spent together today has left you a little bit better than before you push play. I'd really appreciate if you just took a moment to leave a review to allow me to meet more people where they are. 
and hopefully leave them a little bit better too. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organisation, then head to alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com to connect. And while you're there, let me know one or two things that you're going to do as a result of listening to this conversation. I absolutely love hearing your thoughts, your reflections, and the things that this spark in your own heart and mind. If you want more insights from my heart and mind, I do send out short episodes on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. And again, I hope that they serve you well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, a podcast for heart-centered leaders just like you. Keep leading, my friends. Always love.